0: Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. Big election yesterday. Boy, I, I was blown
1: away. I was up watching it for many hours last night. Just uh, had a sweet time of revival. I feel like crying about it this morning. Had a sweet time with the Lord this morning, early, and then driving in. Had to stay in the slow line on the expressway because I was getting tears in my eyes. Oh, so okay. I couldn't, I couldn't get off onto the left-hand side. But it was a sweet time for me. And sometimes, um, sometimes we can look at things like this and not be political at all, and go, "Okay, Lord, give me spiritualized to see what's going on mm-hmm. here." And I think at the end of the day, guys, um, you can talk about economy, you can talk about crime till the cows come home. But one of the greatest slivers of insight that we have is that we got a lot of work to do as the church to shine the light of Jesus into a culture that, and this is significantly weighted across the nation and in Chicagoland, the issue of the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Uh, I heard one pundit say, why did the Supreme court have to take it up? Which is a funny response, right? it's like, um, boy, you don't want to win victory at the expense of life Mm -hmm. in this case but it's a sliver, it's a window into the soul of our city, the soul of our nation. It shows that even though crime and economy are out of control, and by the way, I'm not repeating anything but what all the pundits on both sides said, there was an expected wave of redness out there, but this, the spiritual insight for me that is really humbling is uh, two things. One is the lack of intensity around transgenderism and what's taught in schools. It's just 51% of people in exit polls said that that really concerned them, what was being taught to children with regard to sexuality in the schools. I thought it would be way more intense than that. And then the other one is life. And the overthrow of Roe v. Wade by the Supreme Court Waited this election Locally and nationally, heavily, and you know, I'm a big one on this one, Ali. You know my heart. Don't stomp your feet about morality issues. We let our light shine. Yeah, that's what we got to do. We just got to let our light shine. And uh, I am more jazzed about the gospel. I'm more excited about discipleship. I just I'm short on sleep, but my I am, I am so excited. I got in here earlier than I usually do, and I'm like. Let's go man, let's walk with Jesus, let's be the church, let's make disciples and Boom Crew, we're just glad that you're with us here and for all of you that are tuned in this morning and really want to walk and strengthen your relationship with Jesus, we were born for such a time as this. God had us here now and this is a great, we live at a great crossroads of opportunity. You know, one thing I thought about too, you know, sometimes you look at, and we're going to see this here in a moment out of 2 Corinthians 12. We're breaking it down this morning because who wins? The weak win. <laughs> Weakness yeah. wins. Yep. And, you know, you look, at, you look at what's going on in our world, and I know that there's a tendency to go, oh, man, we're post-Christian and we're going to Gehenna in a handbasket. I know all that stuff. There's another way of looking at this. we got a big old mission field, and it just keeps getting bigger right under our nose. If you want a big mission field, we got it. There's so many people that have never had a fair shot at Jesus in our city, guys. I'm stunned. The more I share my faith and I'm trying to do it more and more, not by my strength, but by the Spirit as he prompts me, I'm blown away how many people have never really heard what Jesus wants to do. So, you know what? Uh, We we know this, the tomb is empty, Mm -hmm. ain't nothing changed about that in the last 24 hours. Our yeah. God is alive and He is on the move, and I am—I'm just thrilled. God is—God is moving here today, and we love you, Boom Crew. We're thrilled that you're with us here today, and today we want to break down something because, you know, I've—I've I've searched my mind and my heart. If you can find another place where this is possible, I've searched my mind, my heart, and uh, the scriptures. There is only one thing that we can find in Scripture that's worth boasting about.
2: Oh, (laughs) yeah. Very true. Only one thing. Only one thing. One thing.
1: There's only one thing in Scripture worth boasting about, and that's what we're tackling here today. Now, I want to break it down for you here, because if you go to 2 Corinthians 12, it's one of these hallmark passages, and there's some shockers in this thing. There are three central truths in 2 Corinthians 12 that tell us who wins and how you win. Okay? Okay. All right. So this is fun. We're going to break into it today. we got a lot going on, guys. we got a lot of things to let you know about. Chris Brooks has got some crazy stuff going on over Great there. Great
2: giveaway. That's, I mean, uh, this is one of the biggest ones I've ever seen. Yeah, Here, why included. don't you
1: tell the crew? Early uh, birds get the worm.
2: <laughs> okay, so <laughs> let me get the list for you. So This is what you could win, a new MacBook Air laptop,
3: 180
2: gift card to Masterclass, a Logos Bible software gift card, uh, a copy of the one-volume seminary, which is a great resource from Moody Bible Institute, and then throw in an Equipped with Chris Brooks t-shirt. And then there's some great prizes for some runners-up. This is a great, great giveaway. That they're doing, uh, enter to win, get equipped with Chris Brooks' giveaway.
1: It's a big deal. How do they get involved in this whole thing?
2: You can go to moodyradio.org slash Chicago. Go to moodyradio.org slash Chicago.
1: There we go and get signed up. Yeah. And, no, uh,
4: Jonathan, you can't do that.
1: Yeah, no, yeah so you got to no. get off. You can't be on line. So
2: I could use a new computer, <laughs> <Yeah>. right?
1: <laughs> I know. I know it's him signing up because he he goes under the uh, name Gern Blandst. That's oh. true
2: very true we are not my eligible my win name no we're not eligible to win no, but you nor, are
1: nor are relatives how yes. how deep does it go into the relative category because i got a cousin in kentucky i could call him up.
4: Twice i'm guessing removed. i'm guessing cousin you probably still can't really, really? yeah, yeah. yeah. i would you attended so. the
2: family reunion with me this past summer yeah. you're not you're
4: eligible oh. sorry <laughs>
2: And there were a lot of y'all. <laughs>
1: there
4: a lot of air. y'all. I
1: heard a groan coming from southern Illinois, man. <laughs> Big groan. It's Carl and crew morning, helping you take your next step with Jesus, guys. God is good. He is on the move, and we are rolling. Let me remind you, the tomb is empty! Oh, hell is anyone is else fired up about yeah. this? Oh, goodness, yeah. I mean, guys, come on. And we're talking this week about who wins, and boy, have we got a treat for you. Keep it pinned right here. We're going to tell you who wins why and how you got to have the who why and how
2: yes we definitely all necessary
1: we got to have it we'll get it to you straight ahead guys it's carlin crew morning's helping you take your next step with jesus oh by the way i'm going to be speaking at a discipleship venue this weekend we'll tell you coming up
0: waking you up with adrenaline and jesus we're carlin crew mornings
1: you want something to brag about There's one thing I can find in scripture. Anyone else got an idea of where else they can find you can be boastful in scripture? Mm. I'm just cogitating here. I think you can be boastful. I don't even think.
4: Uh, Moses said that he was the most humble man in the world. Well, yeah. I I mean, mean he was if he wrote it in the Bible. Yeah. Is that a humble brag? (laughs) That
1: is hilarious. Okay. um, Boast in this that you know me. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Did it say let that again? Let me hold on a second. Let me get it. My brain, I'm, I'm working on an hour and a half, two hours sleep here, but we're <laughs> going to make it. Um, but this one is definitive. Something we can brag about clearly in the scriptures, and it is awesome. Now, why? Why brag about this? Why boast in this? And what is God trying to do by giving us this? We'll get stories coming in right now. Who do we got here? Scott in Lake Zurich. What do you say, Scott?
0: Morning, guys. Um, yeah, I think I'm in the uh, construction industry in a leadership role, and I've been told more than once that I'm just too nice for this this business, and uh, people are gonna walk all over me if if I'm that
1: nice.
5: And I see it as the way of God shining his light through me. You know, and then it it, it it
0: I look different
5: from the outside. I think
1: uh, to other people because I'm not going around, you know, browbeating beaten and
0: yelling and, and cursing and stuff. So that's kind of where I see that God can shine
1: through me. That's right life. on. That's right on, Scott. What's your uh, what's your trade? What's my what? What what's your what's your trade? What's your specialty? Where do you work in construction?
5: Well, I'm I'm a general contractor. Oh, so good.
1: That's that's
5: great.
0: (laughs) Jack of all, master of none.
1: Yeah, I'm with you, though. That's great, buddy. I'm I'm proud of you. I love the working guy out there. And uh, Scott, way to go. You know, we're talking about something really powerful here. Coming up in a minute and a half, we're going to break it down. It's one of the craziest things to boast about you will ever see. But when you understand what God's trying to do, because sometimes we refrigerator clip this verse that I'm going to read to you. And we clip it out and mm-hmm. kind of look at that. And we go, yeah. yeah. But until you understand the whys and wherefores, you're missing it. you got to understand the why before you can boast about this one thing. Hang on. We'll give it to you.
0: Giving hope directly from the source. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. Yes, siri, babaloo. Giving hope directly from the source.
2: What are you doing this Saturday oh, morning? Oh, yeah. Come on. Carl's going to be out speaking in Naperville at Grace Point. If you want to get there for a Q&A, so a book signing, he's going to be sharing his heart a little bit from the seven resolutions, which is the where self-help ends, God's power begins. Come alive is the name of it. So I want you to text the word alive to 312-274-9624. Totally free event, but there obviously is a limit based on the number of seats in the auditorium. So text the word alive so you can claim your seat. 312-274-9624.
4: Yeah.
1: Let me just expand on that just quickly here. I, the, the breakfast feed is pancake feed. A bunch of kids in student ministry are feeding everyone. And uh, you can show up at 10 o'clock when I begin to speak. I'm going to be speaking at 10 for about 45 minutes. And then we're going to do Q&A and then I'm going to do book signing. It's going to it's going to be a great time. But here's, although it's free, by the way, throw some shekels if you're coming for pancakes to the kids. Right, Allie? Yep, totally Throw fair. some shekels. But here's what I'm most fired up about, and I almost cried about it driving inbound today to work. Man, I am more resolved than ever. I am just fired up. I mean, I had out my day planner at about 3.30 this morning, and the Lord was just welling up in my heart of passion to go make disciples and help people grow and overcome things in their life. And I want you to know, if you've got stuff that you've been stuck with that lives in the shadows, you got things, giants that you just feel like you can't slay, mountains you can't tunnel through, rivers you can't get over, Saturday morning, right from the Word of God, I'm going to be pouring out my heart and giving you a vision for a life that can really be changed by the power and the grace of God. What you can't do, God can. And I'd love to see it. We have uh, most recent tally, so I know it's gone down even from there. We're probably less than 100 seats left to fill the auditorium. That's it. But I'd love to see it chock full because there's something about a full room, right? Oh, yeah. It's so fun. Oh, yeah. So uh, text the word alive if you can get there Saturday. I'd love to see it. It's at Grace Point in Naperville. I've never been there, but it's uh, in Naperville. Text the word alive. And I can't wait to see you guys to our number here, 312 274-9624. Two seven All right. Let's break it down. Allie, you love this, don't you? I really do. This is so cool. The apostle Paul, let's reverse engineer this bad boy. Let's begin with the end in mind. He says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I'm going to boast in my weaknesses mm-hmm. so that the power of God may rest on me. Yes. Isn't that amazing? Come on, let's just let's just sit in that one for a second. What's what's so powerful about that, guys?
2: Well, the fact that his power is more put on display. The power of Christ is put on display yeah. in our weakness. Through weakness. Yes, through weakness. How powerful is that? I mean, it's cool because it. We want to be strong.
1: Yes. Nobody
2: naturally wants to be weak. We don't want to be described as weak. It's often an insult if somebody calls you weak, you're ready to bow up on them. But when we see this here, that his power is made perfect in weakness, we can look at those areas of our life that feel weak, where we feel like maybe we've been given less than others, that I'm deficient in some area or some way, or I've had to live with this. In this case, Paul had to live with this Whatever this ailment or this thorn in the side that that the Lord would not take away, this is the context.
1: It's it's crazy. And you got to ask the question because Allie alluded to it. There's a thorn in the flesh. And by the way, often not discussed, but I want to break it down for you here. There's a messenger of Satan that brought the thorn in the flesh. And you want to go, what in the world is going on here? Paul prays three times. God says, my grace is sufficient for you. What in the world is going on? A lot of times we say, well, do- doesn't God exist to get demons out of our life? And I will say yes, except for when God is leveraging demon activity in our life.
2: Hmm. I'm not sure how I feel about
1: that. I know. Well, it's hard to take, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So coming up here, I want to break it down. I want to break it down. This is some of the most exciting stuff you're ever going to see. And I mean this because you're wondering, all right, now, because no one would say they want to have anything less than God's power, right? Right. Right. We want his power on us. But what if I told you the path to get there was super well-reasoned? So it's super well-reasoned, but it's it's got some harsh reality attached to it. Hmm. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness. Weakness wins, guys. Weakness wins. You might say, well, uh, come on, Carl. Can weakness win? I read it on. So that the power of Christ may rest upon me. All right, I'm not going to hold off any longer. I'm going to give it away. Ali's been telling me to hold on to it and not <laughs> give it away, but I'm going to do it. This is very important, guys. In verse 7, now you've got to get the context here. The Apostle Paul has been receiving revelation from God. And he's been laying it down. And God spoke to him as an apostle, man to man. Gave him downloaded things that he wanted him to share. Verse 7, it says of chapter 12 of 2 Corinthians, So to keep me from becoming conceited. Whoa. Cause. To keep me from becoming conceited. Let me just say this. According to 1 Peter 4.6, pride is the apex of our battle it always has been, it always will be. Pride makes a husband lousy at his job. Pride makes a radio host lousy at his job. Pride makes fill in the blank, right? Yeah. Lousy. Yeah. It is the apex. How do we know it's the apex? Why? How do we know pride is the apex of a person's downfall?
4: Well, I think first the Bible says it. It, it states clearly that pride comes before the fall. Uh, However, I I think that experience uh, is the main culprit for me, that every time I'm prideful, I end up doing something really stupid uh, and making a mistake, hurting relationships, hurting myself, uh, you know, any of those things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Somebody said there's other boasting passages contrary to what Carl stated. I actually said boasting in the Lord. I'm glad you found that passage though for me, friend. First Corinthians 131. So this is um, this is really cool here because we find we find to keep me from becoming conceited, and then it goes on. So I'm not. I don't want to give away a crazy punchline here, but the the goal of the thorn in the flesh that we're going to see was to keep Paul from getting prideful.
0: Hmm.
1: What? And so the weakness had an objective, and that's to keep Paul from getting the big head. Coming up here, a minute and a half, we'll tell you how in the world God chose to do this, because how he chose to do it,
0: I don't think we pray for this one. It's like coffee, but for your ears, you're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. We're talking about who wins all week long, and we're coming off a big election. I mean, come on,
1: I get it. You look into the granularity of the issues that were out there, even with crime and economy and everything, you look in and you go, whoa, we've got an opportunity to reach the world with for for Christ. We really do, man. We got to tell people the tomb is empty and live like it. Mm-hmm. Now, that's what we talk about here all the time is let's live like it, guys. And I mean this with all sincerity. I'm more, I need you to know something, Boom Crew. I, I, I'm a political Crazy man! I was up so late last night and got up this morning after just a couple hours sleep. Oh I was just wired for sound, but I am overjoyed. You might say, "What's the matter with you, Clausen? You lost your mind?" No, I I think I think what we what we see in our nation is that the mission field is so big. I think the opportunities are grand to share the gospel. I think many many people have never had a fair shot at the gospel. And even in the the overturning of Roe v. Wade, that tilted the scale a ton. And you might look at that. There's two ways to look at that and go, oh
0: man, look at this.
1: And just start. Right. No. Don't be an angry, don't be that guy. Yeah. Don't be that guy. Yeah. We gotta we gotta humble ourselves and go, no. We got if someone is want to champion late term abortion, as there are plenty that are there. Mm-hmm. Don't have anger. Something is going on where they haven't seen the beauty of life. That's yeah. all. Yeah. yeah. I mean that,
4: guys. Yeah. I think back to uh, back to what we talked about during Cher in October uh, when Jesus was riding into Jerusalem and he wept because he saw the city and said they are like sheep without a shepherd. They're lost. They don't understand what they're doing. They're looking for anything because they don't have someone to guide them. And there's two ways to say that
1: there's like sheep without a shepherd. Right. Or Jesus wept Yeah. because they Mm -hmm. were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd.
4: How horrible is it for them? And they don't even know.
1: Yeah. I mean, my bride tells me this all the time. She goes, bub, how would you go through this life without God? And I tell her, you know what? Crown Royal. Yeah. For me, I'd be, I'd be going to work hard. Because then you can make it through work really well. And then I'd come home and I'd start nipping some highballs, man. Mm-hmm. I'd be pouring myself some drinks. Go to bed. Get up again. And, and I got to tell you guys, we've got hope here. Now, Giannis talks about the power of, of um, identifying your weaknesses. This is the power of humility. Well, Paul breaks it down in a beautiful way. Giannis might have read this. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses. What? What? So that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Wow. If we could get there. Now, we don't know what the thorn of the flesh was exactly. We don't know if it's eyesight. We don't know if it's some kind of pain. We don't know if it's a relational deal. No one knows. If anybody tells you that they know, don't listen to them when they talk about when Jesus is coming back either, because they don't know. (laughs) But here's the deal. This is what we do know. There was a reason for it. So to keep me from becoming conceited, what Mm. keep me from becoming conceited. Then watch what happened here. A thorn was given to me in the flesh, comma, a messenger of Satan to harass me. Now, a lot of us talk about the renounce the renouncing of Satan and the renunciation of Satan. I think we should. I think we should say, Begone, Satan. The Lord rebuke you. Um, we should renounce all spiritual strongholds that we've given the evil one through um, some kind of crazy, abhorrent behavior or some stumbling into darkness all the time. But two things can coexist. We live to renounce evil forces, but we recognize that God, in his providence, will allow Satan to harass us. So that we see and embrace our weakness, thereby having power. And you might go, well, that's crazy. No, it's not. What was meant by Satan for evil, here's the principle, was meant by God for good. So God is so good, he can leverage demonic warfare in your life to make you into a person you couldn't be without it. Isn't that amazing?
2: Yeah. it It is, but it's also sobering because you go, well, what, what does that look like? And is that, is the thing that I can't seem to get rid of or this pain or this ailment or this diagnosis, is this my thorn in the flesh? Is this the thing that God's not going to take away from me because he's got some greater purpose for it?
1: I'll tell you this for sure right now, Allie, you are right on. That's a great question, but I, I can tell you this absolutely. And I'm putting on my pastor hat squarely. Can God take it away? Yeah. Might he? Yeah. But right now, leverage it as a grace because until it's gone, you don't know if in fact God's allowing that weakness for a reason, right? Oh, yeah. So isn't it amazing? If I look at the most joyful people I've ever run into in my life, they aren't trying to sort out how I get this thorn in the flesh away from me. They're just saying, so it is, and I'm going to let it make me strong. That's something.
2: It is. And if you, when you meet someone like that, I mean, there's a, oftentimes you meet somebody who has great suffering, whether it's a physical ailment or family challenges. And if you ever met someone like that and you were so blown away by their joy. I mean, Jim Strielmeyer comes to mind, your your buddy who we had on yesterday. But when you meet somebody like that, who has joy and peace and contentment, and that's so puzzling that there's really no, it makes no sense.
1: Except that except they're living.
2: for... That they're living out this passage that they see the power of christ being put on display through what the rest of the world would see as a weakness
1: well how does this practically translate i'll tell you i don't know what you've been asking god to remove from you that is a thorn in the flesh i'm i would never tell you to stop asking but as long as it lingers there you might as well see it as a grace of God because it could be well of being allowed from his hand because in our weakness, he is strong. I would counsel everyone that way. Yeah. Pray it be gone, live righteously, take any kind of blockers that you have with God, sin that you stumbled into confess all that stuff up. Yeah. Clean the decks and then say, God, remove it. But until he does receive it as a grace, who wins? You're getting up this morning going, who won? Who won? You're going, oh boy. Hold it. I've got new. I've got new results. They came out a couple thousand years ago here. <laughs> but who wins, according to Second Corinthians 12, is those who boast in their weakness. Philip, what's your story, my man?
5: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. morning. You know something, man, I I told Lisa, I said, you know, I I learned, you know, when my diagnosis was up in 2018, and and I learned that I had acute end-stage glaucoma, and I told you guys this, that as I lost more sight, and I've continued to lose more sight, I'm down to about almost 2% now in my right eye, and that's all I've got left. But I told people, praise God, I have gained more insight. Hmm. What the Lord has allowed me to see without my eyes, but with my heart and through His grace, His mercy, and to see clearly His plan and purpose for me. And I thought that was it. I said, okay, God, I got you. I'm going to do this. You know, I know you've put me in a good men's ministry. I'm gonna you know, and and then he says, but you know, I'm going to do now, I'm going to give you some, uh, some major back surgery, and I'm going to lay you up for about six months. Hmm. Okay. And you're going to have constant pain for six months to go along with everything else. Uh, and, and I said, and you're you know something, God? I know, I, I know that what you do for us is not necessarily what we would ever expect you to do to us.
1: Yes. That's so well put, buddy.
5: If, if you know what I'm
1: saying. Oh, man. Philip, Philip, Philip. You know, I, to someone out there, because I think sometimes we, it's hard for us to look at 2 Corinthians 12 and go, okay, let's break it down here, boom crew. And then I'm going to go back to Philip and ask him a question because he's got the, yes. he's living it. But to be able to boast in our weakness so that we can have the power of Christ and to realize, oh, to back it up, to keep me from becoming conceited, Paul said. He gave me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan. Now, we normally look at thorns in the flesh and a messenger of Satan and go, "Begone, Satan, get out of here, get out of here. But if we can get to the point where we realize, hmm, not the sin that i have cuz i had someone text us in i got to hit this real quick can a thorn be a sin that you keep struggling with no that's something different it's something different you need to keep that's something to keep repenting of it's uh, might be a might be a trial but god's god's not foisting sin on you that's that's not a thorn in the flesh the thorn in the flesh that paul had was god's loving providential allowance of a pain inflicted on him, that God intended for power and strength in Paul's life. Yeah, and you know what, Philip, to the person out there that's trying to do pain avoidance, thorn in the flesh avoidance, look, confess and sin right on, but how have you learned to embrace with joy that your thorn in the flesh?
5: How, how? The man, you know something Carl, Paul says it so clearly, so that I would not be conceited, he put this thorn in me, so that I would not think that I could do any of this in my own strength, under my own power. Yeah. He put this on me so that I can glorify him. And to know that through this pain, as Paul said, I will celebrate my infirmities. I'm going to celebrate this discomfort that I'm going to have for the next few months. Not being able to move, it, to, to have to ask others for help.
1: Let me tell you something, man. There is joy in this guy's heart. One of the most joyful crossings, road crossings I ever did was out here on LaSalle in Chicago. Walking to a little place called Foxtrot with Philip here. Oh, yeah. And let me tell you something, he, 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 he. I think he had a hold of my right arm, and we're walking across, and this guy, the joy of Jesus pulsates off of him. And what Philip is here to tell you today is, don't know if he'd have it like that mm. if it wasn't th- for a thorn in the flesh. If we can grow to the point where we see even physical maladies, where things that are not at all linked to any sin in our life as a grace
0: of god Woo! we're gonna win helping you start your day with a boom you're listening to carl and crew mornings we love this man who's with us today
2: stefano fair joining us in studio he's the president of call of hope ministries which is a ministry among muslims that's been in existence for over 100 years
1: they're doing a phenomenal work stefano how are you young man
3: Oh, I'm absolutely doing fine. I think it's a long time that somebody called me young man, but, but I'm really doing well. Thank you. Thank you, Carl. I'm always wanting to inspire the troops. Oh, great. Great. I'm, I'm here to do that. Thank you.
1: All right. We want to we wanna really focus on what's going on in Lebanon today. But let's back up. Globally, there are so many things screaming for our attention It's almost easy to get distracted and miss some of the greatest pains in our world, isn't it?
3: Well, that's it. You know, we hear about Ukraine. Well, that makes sense, of course. And, you know, in Europe, we talk about uh, gas crisis or whatever. But for me, it's somehow to forget about it. I mean, when you hear about Pakistan and they tell you one third of the country is underwater, I mean, one third of the country and people die and when you hear about nigeria where everyday christians get killed yes. in the north, north you know? yeah. and when you hear about lebanon what we are just now talking about where just the sheer chaos is there at this point.
1: It wasn't too many years ago that Beirut, Lebanon was a hustle and bustling metroplex filled with modern tea and all the conveniences. And today it's a shell of itself.
3: Oh, absolutely. You know, people can really be happy if they get electricity for maybe one or two hours a day. But that's the max they could get. People there uh, lost their income. I mean, just think about, I talked to a professor there. She told me her salary was, maybe two years ago, $1,500. Now it's maybe 80. For 10,000 Lebanese pounds three years ago, somebody could really buy groceries for a week. Okay. Now you get, for this amount of money, half a glass of milk. That that's it, you know. Means eighty-five percent of the people do really not know how to live. We as a ministry, we are there since decades, and uh, since more than ten years, we work among Syrian refugees. So we work with people who have nothing. But now Lebanese middle class has nothing. You know, uh, people who who were really well off, who drove their Mercedes just don't know how to buy bread for their kids. This is the reality. My
2: goodness. Uh, talk a little bit about the work that Call of Hope does in Lebanon and around the world. Give us yes. a kind of a scope.
3: Well, Call of Hope is existing to reach out to Muslims. This this is what we do. This is what is on our heart. This we do since more than 100 years, mm-hmm. um, mostly with literature now, of course, internet, social media, all this. But... Uh, important for us is to show Muslims the love of Christ. You know, you, you can talk about it and you should talk about it. But then we also understand that we cannot let people just starve. I mean, going there now in this situation in Lebanon and tell people, oh, Jesus loves you. Well, that's great. But... I can't they need, eat. To, they need to, to feel the love, you know, that's the point. And they feel the love when they really see, hey, the Christians come to us as Muslims. And we Muslims, we hate Christians. But now they come and they bring us blankets and they bring us food. They bring us bread. They just give us this love. And then people ask, you know, then they say, oh, OK, uh, we hate you. We did all this evil things to you. And now you, in in our miserable situation, you come and help us and show us this love. And that changes everything. I don't even
1: want to wait. Give us a story. Give us a story of something that's like, yes, this is exactly the heart of God. And these results are amazing.
3: Mohammed. One more Mohammed. Mohammed Ayyub is his name. He's Lebanese. You know, he is one of these guys who was really well off, he's 39 years old now, he's a Shiite Muslim, Uh, he studied economics, he had a really good job in Beirut, everything was okay. A year ago, uh, this crisis started, now he doesn't know how to feed himself. So a few months back, he stood in front of uh, the flat of our coworker in Lebanon and knocked the door. And he stood there and he said, "Hey." I don't have anything. Could you give me something to eat? And uh, Pastor Tuma, our director there, he told him, well, sure, we help you, but uh, wouldn't you be interested to come for a Bible study? And he said, okay, I mean, Bible study, fine. Of course he thought he would get food, but he also did. But he came for the Bible study, and later he told us, he said, the first Bible study, the first time he heard about Jesus, he felt there is peace, you know, that there is something different. He told me, he said, I want to have this Jesus. That was his first thing he thought at his first Bible study. At his first Bible study. Wow. And he came for a few months. And uh, after a few months, he told Pastor Tuma, he said, listen, I would like to give my life to christ but you know one of my issues is my name is muhammad i don't want to be called muhammad anymore no really? he said i would like to change my name into Nur. newer arabic means light you know oh, he said he, i understood that jesus is the light of the world and You told us in one of the sermons that Jesus then told us that we should be the light light for this world. So I want to be this light now, so call me Noah. A few weeks later, he wanted to get baptized. And Pastor Tumar told him, he said, well, we could baptize you just with two, three people around. We can also baptize you uh, in our Sunday service. And he said, no, 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 I, I want to be at the Sunday service to get baptized. But then Pastor Tumar said, okay, but listen, you are a Muslim. Please be aware of the consequences. Uh, when there are 150 people and they see that you get baptized, They're you hear. risk your life. And he said, listen, to live for me is Christ and to die for me is to gain Christ. That's it. That, that was his only sentence. And he got baptized, uh, I think, on the 24th of August this year, you know. Um, and, and it is dangerous. I yep. mean, we have a lot of examples now in Lebanon where Muslim relatives try to kill converts and so on. It's happening. Yeah. But, you know, they say, hey, my life is Christ now. That's beautiful. Mm
2: got Reverend Stefano Fair with us, president of Call of Hope Ministries, a ministry among Muslims. Uh, Coming up, let's talk about the spread of Islam throughout the world. We've got Stefano Fair. He's going to have his finger on the pulse of what's going on worldwide. More coming up.
0: Your shot of hope to make it through the day. It's Carl and Crew Mornings.
2: Reverend Stefano Fair with us right now, president of Call of Hope Ministries. What do you see when you look at the spread of Islam faith around the world? Is it growing? Is it shrinking? What are you
3: seeing? Well, I mean, it is growing. Uh, it it must be growing just for biological reasons. Yeah, so, sure. I mean, this is how it is. But I sometimes feel we in the fest, West, we look at it and, and we panic, you know, something like, oh, what is going on in the Muslim world and so many more Muslims and whatever. And why should we panic I mean Jesus got the victory you know mm-hmm. this this is what I see yes. and and I do see yes uh, Islam is raising there are more Muslims all around the world but that also means we have more opportunities to share the word of God and and this is really what is happening and when when I look at it I would really say uh, we never had so many opportunities To let Muslims know about Christ than today. How
1: is that? What are the opportunities? But number
3: one is media. Okay. You know, now with social media, 10 years ago, I would have never thought that you can lead Muslims from Yemen, from Saudi Arabia, through social media to the Lord. And it's happening. Oh, it is happening. Man, uh, this
1: is exciting. It is
3: absolutely happening. You know, we have, we have people who write to us. We, we have a team in Lebanon. They work on social media. And we have people writing to us and they say, hey, uh, here in Syria, in Yemen. Uh, one guy wrote from Syria. He said, my whole life I look for peace, but there is no peace. And it's getting worse and worse in this world. And uh, then our people told him and said, well, there is peace, uh, you know, Philippians 4, 7, yes. uh, peace, which is uh, higher than our understanding. And from there on, four months later, this guy gives his life to Christ, you know. And this is happening every month. I mean, we have dozens of people every month who give their life to Christ just through that. On the other hand, I think this many crisis situation all around the world. Well, it it's terrible, no doubt about it. But I always see the Lord at work in these bad situations, you know.
1: It's often where if, he works If you most look powerfully. into the
3: Bible, you know, I, I was just writing a commentary about the book of Esther the, the other day. The other uh, day, okay. <laughs> uh, and I saw there, yes, a lot of crisis, but then... People come back to God, you know, they find God again. And I feel this is exactly what we are in in these days.
1: Uh, Stefano, we've been hammering hard the Great Commission, and it has been called by some uh, spiritual formation experts who are godly men and women, the Great Omission. We've Mm -hmm. gone and made converts, but we've done a horrible job Mm -hmm. stateside here making disciples. Mm -hmm. And we're called to make disciples. Mm -hmm. What does disciple making look like in the Muslim world? And where are you seeing the greatest inroads to seeing this multiplication of people?
3: You know, Carl, then as a Muslim, you give your life to Christ you are already disciple yeah, be, because, because you're this all is in. not just a decision you know not yep. like uh, in Europe or in the US where you say oh I want to follow Jesus okay fine but what does that mean? In a country like Lebanon, what does that mean in a country like Morocco? That means that your family will leave you, that your family might want to kill you. Then you really need to be discipled. I mean, when you take this step and you say, hey, I love Jesus and I want to get baptized, then you are for sure already a disciple. And we would never press somebody to get baptized. You, you know? have them count the cost like oh, Jesus did. absolutely, you know, and and they do. And then they say, yeah, that's my life. Christ is my life. Well, and that's a disciple, you know. I mean, sometimes we feel everything should go instantly. You know, we are an instant society. Yeah. Uh, with Muslim ministry, that usually doesn't work. Yeah, I, I mean, it can work that somebody finds Christ in one or two days, but sometimes it's... A year, two years,
1: three so, years. So so bottom line, Stefano, you're saying, and it's much different because American Christianity, by the way, for the record, my firm conviction is many of these supposed converts are not converted at all mm, mm, in America mm. because the cost, there's no cost associated with it. But you're saying there's such a cost attached to claiming the name of Jesus That by and large, those folks that say, I'm going to be baptized in water baptism, they are all in with Jesus. Oh,
3: absolutely.
1: Then then in in this word, call of hope, what do you link these people to to help them? I mean, they're all in now. Now you don't want to leave them flapping in the wind. You must help these people get connected with other Jesus followers. Oh,
3: absolutely. And that now, I mean, we work in 27 countries. So that means these are very different circumstances. Sure. But uh, in a country like Lebanon, we do have churches where we can uh, link them to even our own church, uh, Convert Church. But then, uh, for example, in Morocco, you know, there are no churches. So we have underground churches. I mean, when you talk about the church, then these are eight people, maybe six, maybe 10 uh, meeting in a living room on Sunday. That's the church. At least they are together, you know. And then, of course, we also try uh, we, for example, in Morocco have uh, built and bought two big houses in uh, touristic areas. So when in summer 50, 60 people come, nobody cares. They are thinking this is a big family, you know. Well, that's not a big family. These are 50, 60 <laughs> Jesus followers. <laughs> who come there for two weeks and get rooted in the word of God. Uh, Very importantly also for the children, you know, the children who grow up in a total Muslim society. And now they are in a two weeks retreat and they see, oh, there are other children, you know, and their families, they follow Christ. That's very, very important. And we do that,
1: yeah. Well, Boom Crew, you're hearing this and you're going, all right, how can I become a shareholder in this ministry?
2: We've got a link for you. Just text the word HOPE. The ministry is called Call of Hope. So just text HOPE to 312-274-9624. Text HOPE to three one two two seven four nine six two four.
1: Stefano, thanks for not letting the fire go out for your love for Jesus.
3: Well, we thank the Lord, don't we?
1: It's thank his you. grace alone.
3: Absolutely.
1: Yeah, man. I- I just love Stefano. I just love this guy. What an incredible man of God. Coming up here in a moment, who wins? Oh, I know you're looking at the news right now and you're seeing what's going on, not only locally, but nationally. And you go, wow, that's who won. No, no, no. I've opened the book here, guys. 2000 years ago, this brought tears to my eyes early, early this morning. As a matter of fact, I don't know that I've been more fired up about disciple making and the power of God than ever before in my life. I just had, I had a sweet time. I had to stay in the slow lane on the expressway coming in, you know, you got two lanes. Yes. Because I was getting teared up and I thought, I don't want to be out there in the middle of traffic going crazy. <laughs> oh. I was getting teared up driving in just over the goodness of God. And it's because if you look at the scriptures and you find out who wins, it'll fire, put fire in your belly. We're going to do that straight ahead.
0: Boom Crew, celebrate what God is doing in you. This is Carl and Crew Mornings. Uh, guys, let me tell you what's going on. You just heard that little
1: banner ad there. Alive is happening this Saturday. 830 is pancake feed. It's no cost, but it's a like a, what is it called? When you...
4: Love offering. Love offering.
1: Something like that. We're going to pass a hat. I guess they're going to ask you to... The the student ministry at Grace Point is putting on this pancake feed, and they're raising money for a mission trip they're going on. So, man, throw some shekels down. If you want to come just for the talk, we're going to pass a hat for the pancake feed Mm -hmm. anyway. So 10 o'clock, 8.30 is pancake feed. 10 o'clock is when I begin to speak, and then I'm going to take some Q&A, and I'm going to do a big old book signing. I got a slew of books and day planners. It's going to be an incredible time. If you are struggling with living in the power of God, I'm fired up to have you there. I'm just bells on. I can't wait. So again, text the word alive here and get signed up, and I'll see you Saturday morning. There's less than 100 seats left in the auditorium, so come fill it up. We're going to have a great time. It's going to be a great celebration. I can hardly wait. Text the word alive to our number here, 312 274 9624 just alive to 3122749624 and I'll see you Saturday morning at Grace Point in Naperville. Going to be a lot of fun. You get the link right there and get registered. Okay, I want to make sure we're clear on something else too. We got a good brother, Chris Brooks, man. This dude is killing it. He's such a righteous guy. And he's got a giveaway that is the mother of all giveaways, Allie.
2: It really is. It's called the Equipped Giveaway, Get Equipped with Chris Brooks. Uh, This is the grand prize package, a new MacBook Air laptop, a gift card to Masterclass, Logos Bible Software gift card, the one-volume seminary from Moody uh, Publishers, also an Equipped with Chris Brooks t-shirt. And then there's going to be 25 runners-up that get a little gift pack as well, and then 50 additional runners-up who get a little gift too. So A lot of folks are going to win on this one, 76, if my math is correct, 76 winners total, including that one big grand prize winner. If you want in on this, text the word Brooks to 312-274-9624 to get signed up for the Chris Brooks giveaway. Text Brooks to 312-274-9624.
1: All right, Young Thunder, I'm dying to hear this, man.
4: Yeah. So if you know me very well, you know I am very conflict averse. I like to get out of the way of conflict as soon as possible. It used to be a joke around here that when there was conflict, it would be like, oh, there's Jonathan going under the under table the again because <laughs> he just doesn't want to deal with it. I don't want to be around it. I don't want to have That's it. So great. It's hard. Uh, and so that is a weakness that I have because conflict is important sometimes. And so I can boast about my weakness in conflict ability to handle conflict, because there are times when I am led by the Holy Spirit to have a conflicting conversation with somebody (laughs) uh, that ultimately honors God in the end. uh, But it's hard to have, and I don't want to have it. And I know that I don't have the strength to have it without God, because a lot of the conversation in my head sometimes is, that's that's hard, that's scary, I'm not going to do that. And then the Holy Spirit kind of comes in and says, no, I want you to have this conversation. This is a good one. This is going to benefit them. This is going to benefit you. Uh, So I need you to have this conversation. And and it it is as simple as that sometimes. And I know because of that, it's not me.
1: Beautiful illustration, man. Nice. In our weakness, he is strong.
4: Isn't that great?
1: I'll tell you who wins. Weakness wins. Weakness wins. As
2: uncomfortable as it is.